I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you will, this evening. I'd like you to go to Luke chapter 21. Luke 21. Cody, thank you so much. Thank you, worship team. Praise God. We are a blessed people. I want to see how the Lord directs me tonight in this message. I believe that we understand that we are, we are not in a normal time. How many of you understand that? There are so many, so many bizarre things that are manifesting right now. There are shifts in world powers right now. Shifts in global powers. Bizarre things are happening in the nation, economically, politically, in our food. People are preparing right now in food shortages globally. You look at what has happened with the vaccine. You look at what is happening politically. You look what is happening right now with this lockdown. We're, we're in another fight. And... Some of the biggest fights that we're going to endure are coming very soon as a church. How many of you understand that? How many of you also understand that some of our greatest victories are just on the horizon? This is the hour of the overcomer. This is the hour for the church truly that Jesus is building that the gates of hell will not prevail against. We're in an extraordinary time. I want to share something with you just from my heart before we, we dig into the word, just to give you understanding. Um, I don't know when you came into my life. You know when you came into my life. You know what year it was. We became friends or I became your leader. I became your pastor, whatever I am to you. But you came into my life, I came into your life, our world now has intersected. We have intertwined for such a time as this, and I'm very, very thankful for it. Amen? But there is, there is, a, there is a strong conviction, and if my wife is serving with the children tonight, if she was in this room, she would tell you, I am yoked to the Lord. I need you to understand that. That I am yoked to the Lord. When I take the pulpit, now 27 years, when I take the pulpit, I'm under the yoke of the Lord. I'm under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'm really under the restraint of the Lord. I'm not, I'm not really allowed to do what I wish to do. If I'm going to be a messenger from the Lord, then I'm going to have to be a messenger from the Lord. I'm going to have to stand before God. You won't. You won't have to do that. You don't have that responsibility. I have that responsibility. I will have to stand before the Lord and give an account for what I bring to the people of God. You understand that? So I feel a high level of conviction. I feel a very high level of the fear of the Lord as I come to you week after week to feed, to nourish, to strengthen but I also try to do well to help us to understand where we're standing in time. I think I ask this question all the time 
of everyone that we're connected to, whether it's in this house or partnership around the country. But I'm asking continually in my own heart, what time is it in the world? And I think that needs to be right on the forefront of your heart to gain understanding and revelation and, and prophetically wisdom from the scriptures so that we understand the time that we are living in, ladies and gentlemen. We, this is the time where we must be sober. This is a time where we must be highly alert and watching. This is a company. This is a house of watchmen. I do, I do things here deliberately all the time to try to sharpen your focus as we come together corporately so that you begin to understand your assignment as a watchman in the house of the Lord. Are you with me tonight? I have been living, next year I will turn 50. I have been living most of my life. I have been looking most of my life. I have been burning most of my life for the return of Jesus Christ. To quote Joe Biden, <laughs> see how I segue so quickly. Last week, Joe Biden talked about the great MAGA king. How many of you know who he was talking about? I think we do. I want to tell you something. I thank God for President Trump. I'm telling you what. I thank God for him. And you know what? The truth is, I miss him greatly. I miss him greatly. And we still pray for him daily. And I thank God for his leadership, and I thank God for the mantle that he had running his course. And I believe the throne of heaven knows what was stolen from America. I believe the throne of heaven knows what was stolen from him. If that offends you, it's going to be okay. It's going to be a good night. <laughs> but I got to tell you something. As much as I love him, this is what you need to know about me. I'm not living for the return of the MAGA king. I've been living most of my life looking, looking in the fear of the Lord, for the return of King Jesus. He's coming. I tell you, he's coming. He's coming. He said, I'm going to come in an hour when no one even thinks I'm coming. He's coming. I tell you, he's coming. If I stood here and said that for the next hour, and that was my message, it'd be good enough. He's coming. He's coming. Some of us are so twisted in vortexes of every other thing but that revelation. I think one of the greatest things that we need to keep in mind right now, when Jesus said that it will be as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. We need to understand this, that the days of Noah were filled with violence. They were filled with evil. They were, they were grossly, grossly filled with perversion. But I think the overarching me arcing message of it all is that 
the righteous were saved from the wrath of God. The destiny of the bride of Christ is not the wrath of God. The destiny of the bride of Christ is the marriage supper of the Lamb. He's coming. He's coming. Jesus is coming just as he promised. Get ready. Prepare your heart. Prepare your family. Prepare your life. He's coming. Ladies and gentlemen, live with the Maranatha cry burning, burning in your heart. Burning in your heart. Hallelujah. Are you in Luke 21? Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that the anointing is just so rich in here tonight. I pray that you would help me to communicate effectively with conviction. I pray that your people would just receive, Lord, downloads from you. As the word of the Lord is washed over them, may they be strengthened and encouraged this night and filled. We bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Luke 21, words of Jesus. I'm in verse 7. Are you there? So they asked him, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? And what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? And he said, Take heed that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Now, I'm going to pause for just a moment and say this again, and I I know I have said this before, but I think it's worth noting. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe these last two years, call it whatever you want with this pandemic, with COVID, I believe that what we have experienced from the beginning of 2020 has been the outer bands of the storm that is coming. And all of us understand what that looks like when we're watching a storm, whether it's a cat one, cat two, cat three, cat four, cat five. We understand what that looks like as it's coming closer and closer to the shoreline and all of us are watching the trajectory, right? We're all glued to the TV watching the maps. Is it going to go to the East Coast? Is it coming into the Gulf? We're all there, right? I believe what we have seen in these last two years is the outer bands of the storm. I believe the big storm is about to hit very soon. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I believe our greatest challenges is sobering to say this, and I say it in the fear of the Lord. I believe our greatest challenges are yet ahead of us. But I also believe that our greatest victories and our greatest breakthroughs and our greatest opportunity to overcome is right on the precipice. And this is the hour for which you and I have been born to. Lean into it. Take it. Receive it. Jesus called them birth pains. He said this, this time that was coming, it would be birth pains. Verse 10, 
He said to them, nation will rise against nation. And we know that word to be ethnos. Ethnos will rise against ethnos. It means that racism is going to be a high proponent of what is going on in the earth. Are you with me? Kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines. I submit to you, even some of the famines we're going to see are man-made. Pestilence. There will be fearful sights and great signs from the heavens. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and they will persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and the prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. But it will turn out for an occasion for testimony. (laughs) Yes. Therefore, settle it in your heart not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will have some of you put to death. You'll be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair on your head shall be lost. By your patience, possess your souls. That's a very interesting way to say something. Just highlight that, underscore it, maybe underline it. By your patience, possess your souls. That means patiently bearing afflictions. While you're patiently bearing the reproaches and persecutions and afflictions, it means be steady, be anchored, be anchored in yourself. Let nothing disturb you. Hear that again. Be anchored. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing distress you. That's what he's saying. That you possess a peace that the world cannot take away. Did you hear me? That you possess a peace that the world cannot take away. That you you live undisturbed. Remember, you're going to see these things happening. Jesus said, I don't want you to be terrified. When you see wars and commotions, I don't want you to be terrified. The end is not yet. Are you with me tonight? Verse 20, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know its desolation is near. Then let those in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the midst of her depart. And let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance that all things that are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant And to those that are nursing babes in those days, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles has been fulfilled. And there will be great signs in the sun and in the moon, and in the stars and on the earth distress of nations. With perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the, see the Son of Man coming in the, in the cloud with great power and glory. Now when you see these things begin to happen, look up. Lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. One more time, these are the words of Jesus. But when you hear of wars and commotions, 
Do not be terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end will not come immediately. Luke 21, obviously put it in your notes tonight. I think we understand Matthew 20, 24. These are prophetic pointers of end times events that are pointing to the return of, the, of, the king, of king Jesus. Excuse me. Bless you back there. God bless you. Matthew 24, verse 36. Again, these are the words of Jesus. Matthew 24, verse 36. He says, but of that day and that hour, no one knows, not even the angels of, in heaven, but my Father only. I want you to notice that. We are not a people who grumble and wrestle over one another concerning eschatology. What I have to tell you is that there must be a burning conviction within you. And again, the Maranatha cry of the coming of the Lord. When I approach eschatology, I approach it with a lot of humility because of these great words of Jesus. Jesus said that no man knows the day or the hour, not even the angels of, in heaven. It has been relegated or delegated over to my Father's authority only. But surely Jesus is coming for those who are looking for his appearing. Can I hear you tonight? Are you looking? Come on, church. Are you looking? For his appearing. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. For those who eagerly await for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin and salvation. I ask you, are you eagerly, eagerly awaiting Jesus' return? Now, I want to set something up. This is a, a, a kind of an unusual verse. But it reveals something about the prophetic nature of God. It's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9. And I'm building a foundation tonight on this. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 9. It says, what has been will be again. And what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. What is he saying? There, there's prophetic cycles in time. Listen to it again. What has been will be again, and what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. When Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives in Luke 21, and he was describing what it was going to be like for the sign of the end of the age, for the sign of his return. When he began to talk to them, we know that it was in, in the text, the Disciples were marveling over the temple, how magnificent the, the buildings were, the beauty of the temple. And Jesus says, I tell you, he says, you look upon these stones. He goes, I tell you, not one of these stones will be left on top of one another. All of this is going to come down. You tracking with me? Remember, this is when the scribes and the Pharisees came and said, oh, we, we heard that you've been uh, given this teaching uh, about the temple being destroyed. And Jesus says, that's right. He says, you tear this place down. He says, I'll rebuild it in three days. What was he talking about? He was talking about himself, right? His resurrection. What happened was Jesus spoke these words in A.D. 33. In A.D. 70, Titus and the Roman legion came in and destroyed Jerusalem, we know, and desolated Israel. They killed over one million Jewish men, women, and children on the Temple Mount, desecrated it, took took the Jewish people into captivity back into Rome. We know at that time the Jewish people were flung to the four corners of the earth. That was A.D. 70. 
right? Yet now here we are living and breathing in this hour where the fig tree in that very same chapter of Luke 21 has come back to life that literally a nation has now been born in a day. This is this is Isaiah 66 and verse 8. A nation has been born in a day. And when Israel became a nation, once again, May 14th, 1948, it was the greatest super sign, the super prophetic sign of all time. We have entered the countdown of the end of the age. Are you tracking with me? But interesting, as Ecclesiastes 1 verse 9 says that what has been will, shall be again. So what happened back then in A.D. 70, Jesus starts pointing even beyond then to a time of his coming and saying what has been, it's going to happen again. There is coming a time, ladies and gentlemen, where the hook of the Lord is going to go into the nations of the Middle East and these other um, Islamic nations and even European nations, and God is going to draw them down into the battle of the ages, and he's going to hollow himself in it. He's going to declare that I am the Lord, I am God, and I have the final say, and I am the God that brings justice. I am the God that brings judgment. I am the God that brings righteousness. Go ahead. Give him praise. Go ahead. That's right. Sometimes I'm the only one up here going. He says, when you hear of wars, rumors of wars, do not be terrified. This is what is coming. Now, I want to set some things up tonight. The eyes and the intention right now of the world is upon Russia and Ukraine. But what is very interesting is that Russia has now announced last week that they are now going to invade Poland. Yeah, wow, I heard that. It has me standing at attention. We know a few things that this is not the first time that Russia has invaded the Ukraine. I'm going to give some historical context in this. During 1932, 1933... Soviet Russia invaded Ukraine. Ukrainians remember this as Holodomor. Holodomor being translated means this, murder by starvation. Murder by starvation. During these years, it was Joseph Stalin who ordered a campaign of food seizures, literally starving the nation of Ukraine to death. It was a complete genocide. Between four to six million Ukrainians died of starvation during Holodomor. He cut off all of their food supply. That should be making you sit up in your seat a little bit tonight. There's something bizarre going on in our times and in our generation concerning food supply. Are you aware of it? That's exactly what I thought. This also affected Soviet Russia. It affected Kazakhstan. But right now, in our times, we're seeing this in other nations. We're seeing this happening in China. It's amazing to me that uh, food shortages are becoming almost common language in commonplace. It's a very strange thing. It's very bizarre. 
Now, Putin has said this. Stay with me tonight because we're about to go to Ezekiel 38, and you can turn there in just a moment. Putin has said concerning the invasion of Ukraine, he said that he would have you believe that Ukraine is not a sovereign nation. <laughs> There's more propaganda. February 21st, this is what he said. Putin said, Ukraine has never had its own authentic statehood. There has never been a sustainable statehood of Ukraine. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a lie and that's propaganda. We're not surprised that's coming out of the Kremlin. Are you with me tonight? Putin also argued and said about the Ukraine, he said that it is a Soviet creation under Vladimir Lenin, now who was their first leader. Putin said that Ukraine is a fake nation. Wow. Now, let's just be clear. Again, that's propaganda. 1994, we know something about this historically. It's called the Budapest Memorandum. This is where, unfortunately, Ukraine was in such dire need of peace that they were willing to broker a peace deal, and they gave up their nuclear weapons. But they were also told by nations, including the United States, that we would protect them if war was to ensue upon them. Are you listening? So again, as believers, we're supposed to be looking at these things as Christians through a prophetic lens. What is happening in that region of the world? Everything that we see that is happening politically, everything that we are seeing economically that is shifting, everything that is being projected in this great reset, everything that is ha happening medically, Everything that has been happening with these, these vaccines, all the bizarreness, all this wildness that has suddenly be, been rushed upon us, we're supposed to be looking at these things and discerning them through a prophetic lens. So I ask you tonight, what is in it for Putin? Where is, where is this really going? All eyes are in this region. Here we are now two and a half months into war. Now we have been told that Russia is going to invade Poland next. Now Putin's already invaded Georgia in 2008. How many of you remember that? Putin invaded Crimea in 2014. I remember that very well. We were living in Dallas, Texas at the time. Now he's invaded Ukraine. Now he's promised they're going into Poland. This is serious stuff, folks. This is escalating. Are you with me tonight? This is, this is actually really escalating. This is a trajectory that's going to a whole new level really soon. And while the media is trying to choke American citizens on Johnny Depp's crazy life and where all his wife takes a dump in their house, you know, people are just so, so, so obsessed over that. I want to tell you that right now. People in Europe, they could care less about what's going on in Johnny Depp's world and about where his wife takes a dump. Are y'all okay? Okay. <laughs> While we sit here tonight in Sarasota, Florida, beautiful, beautiful Sarasota, Florida, the people of Estonia, the people of Lithuania, the people of Latvia, the people of 
um, Belarus, the people of Armenia. Right now, they are in fear for their lives. They are in fear for their lives. They're afraid. They understand where Putin is going with this, with up, upping his game with Poland. I ask you tonight, are sanctions working? Are, are, you, th- are you thinking about this? Are sanctions really working? Is, is dumping billions of dollars into the Ukraine really helping the situation? I think it's, it's amazing to me that a nation who can't even amply supply the baby formula for our own citizens is still moving forward giving $40 billion to the Ukraine. Something's wrong with this equation. Something's wrong with this. I don't, I don't stand here behind this pulpit to tell you that I understand the mystery of Nancy Pelosi or Adam Schiff being in the Ukraine and pouring accolades and gifts over the president of the Ukraine. I can't stand here and tell you that I, I really understand that. And I, and I can't tell you quite honestly the things that I thought that I knew a month and a half ago concerning the Ukraine. Right now I'm standing at the precipice scratching my head and scratching other places and saying I really don't understand what is going on. Something bizarre is on the horizon, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, every it's like the, the tectonic plates of human power are shifting so radically. The supply and demand all over the world, the geopolitical things that we're seeing happen. What am I getting at? I'm telling you right now, the Antichrist is about ready to step out behind the curtain and manifest himself. We are living and racing towards the end of the age. Time is very short. What time is it in the world? Time is very short. We're going to look to the scriptures again to give give some more clarity tonight. One thing beyond just the insanity of leadership is this. I thank God that the people of Ukraine have been lion hearts and, and have fought valiantly for their country. And if the time comes for us, may we do the same. What Putin is doing is pure evil. But why am I talking about this? Brian, we come to church so we can escape all this. We come to church, we want to escape the news. We want to, listen, here's the thing. People that think like that want to be an audience. People that think like you understand you're in the army of God. People who think like us understand that we were born for this hour, we were born for this time, and we are being commissioned into the darkest time, but also into the greatest glory that is going to hit planet Earth before the return of King Jesus. Russia is a major player. This is what we have to understand. This is why I'm speaking to you tonight. Russia is a major player for the end time unfolding events concerning the Middle East. How many of you really know that? Good. 
I submit to you tonight that Russia is about to gather nations either by alliance or dominance, and I believe it's the latter. I believe they're about to gather nations together in a confederacy through domination. What ultimately this is going to do, it's going to be bring a convergence of this confederance against Israel. God said it. God said it. This is the prophetic word. He said it thousands of years ago, and I'm in Ezekiel chapter 38 now. And I want to take you through just a few verses here to give some more understanding of where we're going. Why am I doing this? Because I want everyone that we have the pleasure of pastoring and the privilege of pastoring to have firm footing where they stand prophetically in the last days. Russia is going to play a very dominant role leading up to the events of the end times. I have people ask me the time, ask me all the time, Brian, do you believe that we're truly living in the last days? I do. Oh, I absolutely do. Brian, do you believe the coming of the Lord is near? Yes, I do. I'm telling you with all of my heart, it's burning in me. I'm in verse 1, Ezekiel 38. We're going to read several verses here. And now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog and the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And prophesy against them and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you. <laughs> Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaw, and lead you out with all of your army, horses and horsemen, all splendidly clothed with a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Gomer and all of its troops, the house of Tagorma, from the far north, make sure you underline that tonight, from the far north and all of its troops, many people with you. Dr jump down to verse 14 with me now. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, say to this leader, thus says the Lord God, on the day when my people Israel dwell safely. Now, don't miss those words, my people. Notice what God is saying. He calls Israel my people. Did you hear that? Israel's who? It's God's people. He says, on that day when you come against my people, or uh, my people Israel dwell in safety, will you not know it? Then you will come from your place out of the far north, you and your many peoples with you, all riding on horses, a great company, and, and a mighty army. You will come against my people, there it, again, there it is again, Israel, like a cloud to cover the land, and it will be in the latter days, that means the last days. It will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land. Now, notice how God worded that. He went from my people to my land. Everybody see that? I don't want you to miss that. God's serious about this. God's very serious about this. He says, they're my people, and by the way, this is my land. Right? And so, the so that the nations may know me when I am hallowed in you, O God, before 
their eyes. What is he saying? They're going to fear me. I'm going I'm to deal with you with such aggression. I'm going to deal with you with such force, overwhelming power. I'm going to be hollowed in the nations, and I'm, I'm going to be known there is the God of Israel. Now, this is interesting. I want you to see the words out of the far north. That's not talking about Turkey. That's talking about Russia. Now, how do we know that? I'm going to give you some things tonight. The far north. Ezekiel names six countries. And I'd actually like to, to submit to you when I say countries, I'm actually talking, these countries have shifted over the years in their borders, okay? So when I say that, I'm talking about six regions or six territories are going to come against Israel. Hear that tonight. Six regions or six territories are going to come up against Israel. Verse 2, he talks about Gog. Look at it. In Hebrew, Gog means prince. It means czar. It means president. It's a title of an individual. It's the prince over the land of Magog. Now, historians... In the first century, you had Josephus, you had Plenty, and then you had, in the fifth century, you had Herodias. And they wrote about Magog, this ancient people called Magog. Who are, who are these people? It's the people called the Scivians, if you're taking notes. The Scivians are the people of Russia, the Scivians. These are the people that live north of the Black Sea and north of the Caspian Sea. The Scivian people are the Russian people. Meshach, now where is Meshach? Bible scholars believe Meshach is literally Moscow. Rosh, listen to what he says, verse 2. It means prince, the chief prince that has authority. He goes with Gog. Look who's working together. So Rosh and Gog... These two who have supreme authority over Russia. Where is Tobol in your scripture? Tobol is West Central Russia. These territories and these people, they are under Gog. And what's happening is now they are leading a warring confederation that is going to come down into Israel. But notice how God does it. He's the one who is orchestrated. He's the one in charge watching over their evil intentions of their heart. He's going to grab hold of them, and he's going to bring them down at the right time. He's going to bring vengeance again against them. Now, all of that is in verse 2 concerning those nations. It involves Russia. Now, look at verse 5. There's five other territories here. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them, all of them in shield and helmet. Gomer and all of his troops. Now, i got to stop right here. For all of you deep Bible theologians, when I say Gomer, I'm not talking about Gomer Pyle. Okay, and if you didn't get that, it's going to be okay, and it's going to be a great night. Gomer and all of his troops in the house of Tagorma, from the far north and all of its troops, many people with you. Now, look at those names. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya, Gomer, and Tagora, Tagarma. What is Persia? Persia is Iran. Persia was always called Persia up until 1935. And in 1935, it took on the name Iran. Now, I think all of us understand something about Iran. Russia and Iran are very cozy. How many of you know that 
Putin is really savvy to do what he wants to do in Iran. How many of you know that? So Russia and Iran, they, they have one great vision. They are seething right now with evil intention to do what they desire to the nation of Israel. And folks, right now, things are so white hot between Israel and Iran. We could see something break out at any moment. While the eyes of the world are looking at Russia and Ukraine, while the eyes of the world are looking at China and Taiwan and their other ambitions, and I believe even over into India, right now, Iran is looking to strike Israel. I believe very soon we're going to see a preeminent strike from Israel that is going to absolutely shock the world, and it's going to cause this federation to begin to arise. More on that coming. Okay, so now Ethiopia, where is that? If your translation, your Bible says Kush, where, where is that? That's northern Sudan. Libya, if you're looking at the King James, that's Put, the nation Push. So Kush is Ethiopia. Libya is put. And then we see this Islamic state that's now joining against Israel. It's in Gomer. Now, where is Gomer? If you're taking notes tonight, Gomer is what actually defines the lands of East Europe. Gomer is East Europe. It's Estonia. It's um, Lithia. It's Lithuania. It's Belarus. It's Ukraine, right? And now we see Poland is now in the sights. Beth to Karma. Beth to Garma, where is that? That is the territory of Armenia, the nation of Georgia, and Turkey. Now, this is interesting. If you're following the news, you'll also see that Turkey is pulling away from NATO. And right now, also, Turkey is aligning very strong with Russia. From the very beginning, we've seen China rise and say, we back everything that Russia is doing about Ukraine. Are you tracking with me? And then we've also been watching Ergodon, the president of Turkey, now moving his own chest piece away out of NATO and aligning itself with Israel. There's something very sinister that is on the horizon. Are you all still with me tonight? I need to know. Are you, are you with me? Putin is moving towards dominance, and something is really shifting. But I want to give you a key to this tonight concerning, concerning Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel 38 is not the battle of Armageddon. Ezekiel 38 is leading up to the battle of Armageddon. Ezekiel 38 is what? It is a military campaign that is beginning to emerge and arise at the beginning of the time of the tribulation of the beginning of the seven years. And what happens is Ezekiel 38 begins to grow in such magnitude of these regions that it leads itself all the way up to a seven-year climax at the Valley of Megiddo or the Valley of Armageddon where the Lord returns with all of His angels and saints upon saints of all the ages and He destroys His enemies. Now, by the time you get to Armageddon, this is what you see. The nations of the east have now gathered with these armies as well. That means China. 
Revelation chapter 16, verse 12. I want to give you two verses here if you're taking notes. This is where we see the Euphrates River dry up. It says, Then the sixth angel poured out a bowl on the great rivers Euphrates, and the water was dried up so that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Make sure you underscore that. The kings of the east. We're talking about the Pacific Rim nations. We're talking about China. There's an evil ambition that begins to come in now out of all this confederation that is coming down out of the far part parts of the north, all the way through China, all the way through these nations. Now they're coming down into Israel. Now the Euphrates River is dried up and it makes way for the kings of the east out of China, out of India, out of all those nations now coming to join them for the battle of Armageddon. What is all of this? This is wild stuff. This is epic stuff. This is, this is birth pains. We're in an outer band. Can we just step back for a moment and look at it again? We, we've been in a bizarre outer band of chaos, of things shifting. We, we have been in this weird world of all of this medical stuff. We've been in this weird world of, of, of what, what the world is called covid We've been in this weird world of lockdown. We've been in this weird world of news propaganda. But there's a shift coming. And the shift is into a place of real war, ladies and gentlemen. War is escalating. Life is going to change. Life is changing. Ladies and gentlemen, life is changing. Somebody in our church recently bought me that shirt, you know, uh, normal's not coming back, but Jesus is. And that is so true. Everything is shifting underneath our feet. Every bit of this word is about to come to pass. I'm telling you, you are living in the greatest generation that has ever lived on planet earth. What we are about to witness and see, I'm telling you again, the name of the Lord shall be hollowed. God is going to show forth his vengeance. He's going to come. He's going to arouse himself like a mighty man of war. He's going to deal with the evil of these nations that have rejected and resisted his son. Those nations that have plotted a vain thing amongst himself. We're going to break away from the cords of God. And God just sits in heaven and he laughs. He says, oh, the earth is mine. The earth is mine. The nations are mine. The earth is mine. All that is in the earth is mine. So Jesus said, when you hear of wars... When you hear of commotions, here's his words. He said, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass, but the end will not be immediately. He also said these words. Now when you see these things happen, look up. Lift up your heads, for your, your redemption is drawing near. I pray you feel that. I pray you feel that. 
I, I pray that when you start waking up in the morning, you start feeling that. I pray that as you're out with the Lord at night, maybe even tonight after this meeting under the stars, you feel that. He's coming. Things are drastically changing, ladies and gentlemen. I want to give you four takeaways tonight before we close. Four takeaways. Number one, the current Russian and Ukraine war, I believe, is likely part of a birth pain that is escalating now into more of Europe, and there's going to come a great cry out of Europe for peace. For peace. Jesus said, again, Luke 21 and verse 9, but when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified of these things. They must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Before I go to number two, I, I think sometimes... If you look this way for a second, I, I think sometimes when people are listening to these types of messages, they feel so insulated in our American bubble. Feel so insulated in our American bubble. It's almost like we're just watching it on TV and it's just something foggy that's just out there, but never really going to touch us. I'm telling, I'm telling you, what's happening in that region of the world is already touching us. It's already affecting everything that is happening, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we're seeing the pictures even of empty shelves right now. This is really upon us. Jesus said we're going to see times of pestilence but also famines. I just, I just spoke to you about a time... It was, during, it was 10 years during 1929, 1939, the Great Depression, a time when every economy collapsed. We know of the stories. We, we know of the history of people standing in line for bread, for, for jobs, for cheese, for opportunity. Everything collapsed. I just spoke to you about 1932, 30, uh, uh, 1933, Holodomor. What was it? It was a time where they literally starved the people out. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I hate to say this. I hate to stand in the pulpit and tell you evil is so real. And it is stepping forward. And there are people on the chessboard that they could care less about human life. Whether they're babies in the womb, babies out of the womb, or for population groups in all regions of the earth. They can literally care less about human life. Whether you eat or, or you have your needs met. We're already being affected by this. The intensity of this is growing. Number two, here's another takeaway. If the military campaign that is going to form, and I believe it's, it's already starting to happen, if it's going to form at the beginning of the tribulation period leading up to the seven years, seven-year climax of the war, ultimately to Armageddon, when the Lord shall return, then I ask you, what time is it now and is the time short? I'm asking you. Now, I want to ask again. Jesus said, it will be as in the days of Noah. 
just before the coming of the Son of Man. It will be just as in the days of Noah. And you look at the days of Noah, filled with violence, filled with wickedness, filled with utter perversion. But ultimately, Jesus was pointing to something incredibly redemptive, that the righteous were going to be saved. Number three takeaway, when Jesus comes at the end of the battle of Armageddon, Revelation 19, he will defeat every enemy. He will crush every enemy of Israel. He will crush every enemy that has set itself up against God and against the nation of Israel. Glory to God. He will establish his throne in Jerusalem. See, he's not hungry for Chicago. He's not hungry for Buenos Aires. He's not hungry for L.A. No, no, no. He's hungry for Jerusalem. God said, I have set forth my champion. I've set my king on the hill called Zion. He's coming. His throne is going to be in Zion, in Jerusalem. And it shall be on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom is coming, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, I know it's beyond our wildest imagination. I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. But in 10,000 years from now, you're going to be very much alive, and so am I. And we're going to be worshiping the King of glory forever. Forever, Cody. Forever worshiping the Lord. We will be holding him face to face. The king of glory. We will be beholding the four living creatures before his throne. We will be beholding innumerable millions of angels. We will be beholding the saints of old. We'll be worshiping with Moses and David. His kingdom is really coming, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, it's coming so quick. And you're alive for such a time as this. Think of that. The last takeaway I want to give you tonight, number four. <laughs> we must be living and looking and longing for the return of Jesus. We must be living looking, longing for the return of Jesus. There must be a Maranatha cry in the church. I believe in this ensuing revival that we are coming into, we're going to see something so radical, so radical. I, I, I've used this Example so many times, it's like taking champagne bottles and just shaking them up radically and popping the cork. I think we're going to see such radical expressions of praise and worship in the earth as we are going into this time of shaking that our worship is going to become so intense 
Because there's going to come the Maranatha cry out of the bride of Christ in the earth. And what is that Maranatha cry? It's come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. So when you see these things happening, look up because your redemption is drawing near. I want to close with this scripture tonight, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. This is our closing word tonight from the Apostle Paul. He says, finally, <laughs> there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will give to me on that day, and not only to me, but all those who have loved his appearing. Wow. Did you feel that? Did you feel that? My God, did you feel that? It's hard for me to even imagine Jesus giving me a crown of glory, a crown of righteousness to lay at his feet and worship him. Paul says, this crown of righteousness has been laid up for me. I'm going to receive it from the righteous judge, but not only me, all those who have loved his appearing. For the next moment, I'm going to pray over these nations tonight. I want to pray over the Ukraine. I want to pray over Russia. I want to pray over this region that God thrust his sickle into the earth and he harvests. He thrust his sickle into the earth and he begins to harvest these nations. Would you just join your faith with mine right now before we transition this meeting into something different? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mruko rishkaraba rikate shale dorukush labaskilia dorushtaraba da ribaba sishkadea norukui rukushele vadarianda lalai kela lalala shela lakurukuye hira laba yendelelese le karakaya koya kata hallelujah Hallelujah, Lord, we just call forth even now that you begin to send forth and commission your holy angels from before your throne, your angel armies who you said they are your harvesters. Lord, that you will send forth your harvesters to separate the wheat from the tares, the wheat from the chaff. Oh, God, that you would harvest the hearts and the souls of men and women and children and teenagers all over the earth. And Holy Spirit, we just set ourselves in to this great summonsing of the nations by the Holy Spirit to the Lord Jesus Christ right now that the altar call is being released all over the earth. Now, come to the Lord. Come to the cross. Come to the blood of Jesus. Come to the grace of God. Come to the mercy of God. Come to forgiveness. Come to His grace. Come to His Son, the only begotten of God. The way, the truth, the life. We say, come, come. 
Father, tonight we pray and speak over the nation of Russia. Lord, these great and beautiful people, God, we pray deliverance from evil. Father, deliver these people from evil. Deliver them from such evil leadership, oh God. Lord, would you come in there, burst into there, and show forth your power. Show forth your glory over the Ukraine, even now, God. Show forth your mercy. Thrust your sickle into the earth, Lord. Harvest. Harvest, oh God. Lord, we speak awakening to the bride. We speak awakening to the bride. We speak awakening to the ten virgins, God. We speak awakening, O God. We speak awakening to your church, O God. Awaken your church, O oh God. Summons them to this hour, O oh God. Summon your watchmen, God. Summon your intercessors. Give us discernment and eyes to see, O oh God. Give us understanding in this hour. And give us boldness and courage. Now, God, to enter into the harvest of the ages. Father, I pray that you would prepare us for the greatest shaking in the United States of America. Lord, prepare your people, prepare your church for the shakeup that is upon us. Prepare us, Lord, for even the violence in the land, Lord. Prepare us for the separation of the sheep and the goats, O oh God. Prepare us, Lord, for the separation even within the states, O oh God. Prepare us for this epic hour that we are not overwhelmed and overcome, but that we stand in truth, that we stand in wisdom and understanding of the hour. Holy Spirit, prepare us for this hour. Prepare us for the shaking. Lord, may every faulty foundation that we have been standing on, may it be taken out that we would only stand secure and anchored and steady in you and you alone. You and you alone. You and you alone, Lord Jesus. Shake it all, Lord. Shake it all. And now, Lord, we pray again for your righteous judgments and your righteous justice to come upon the United States of America and, Lord, we pray that you will judge every wicked and vile thing that has corrupted this nation, this country. God, I thank you that you stand against wicked leaders. You stand as surely as you stand against Gog. Lord, you stand. You stand against these wicked leaders, Lord, that have so harmed, 
so harmed and injured the very soul of this nation. I pray, Lord, that you come with overwhelming justice and you show your power and glory. Show your power and glory, God. Let the truth be put on full display. Let the truth be put on full display. God, they have been able to cover up and cover up and cover it up again and cover it up again. I pray, Lord, that you uncover them. You reveal them and then you judge them. And you show that you are a God of justice. And let the righteous rejoice. And let the righteous stand up valiant and triumphant and say, there is our God. There is our God. And he shall not be mocked. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your ministry. And your ministry is making the bride of Christ, blameless in this hour. You are cleansing us. You are washing us. You are purifying us for our wedding day as the bridegroom is getting ready to come and summons us to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your ministry. I thank you that you're doing it even now in this room. Your ministry is being poured out. Glory. And I speak awakening over you, my dear friends, brothers and sisters. I speak awakening to your hearts that you will continue to stand at attention, that you will conduct yourself in godliness, you will conduct yourself in the fear of the Lord, you will conduct yourself in integrity, you will conduct yourself burning for the Lord in this hour. While many will be falling to the right, falling to the left, while many will be falling away, you will be growing and burning all the brighter. For the glory of the Lord shall rise upon you. The glory of the Lord shall rise upon you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we are so honored and humbled and blessed that we live in this hour, I am thankful, Lord, to be in the earth and to be in the kingdom and be a son that our name is written in heaven in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I call you, church, tonight the righteousness of God. I call you the beloved. I call you the chosen I call you the consecrated ones. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all all right? Praise God. Cody, you want to join me? Hallelujah. I want our prayer team to begin to prepare themselves. We have some announcements.
Victoria, come. Let's give it up for Victoria tonight. Hello, hello. I just want to get everybody on the same page with a few announcements. Again, sorry about my voice from worship. Uh, <laughs> but we do have a Women's and Men's House Fire coming up next Sunday, not tomorrow, but the following Sunday, May 29th. Ladies, we're meeting at Conservatory Park at 11 a.m. You'll see that the address is on the website and the victoryfla.com app. So go online and you'll see that there. Men, you guys are at your usual Rick Bruner's house. Wonderful hosting there. So 5 p.m. as the usual. Please RSVP. There are numbers on um, both those events. Ladies, for the Women's House Fire, there is a number to RSVP to in the address. And then men, ooh, uh, men, there is a number on the address, or sorry, on the website and the app to get the address. Hopefully that made sense. Also, we have an outreach coming up that we're super, super excited about. It's on June 10th. Yay! And do we have the slide for it? Can we throw it up there? We're going to be meeting downtown off of Main Street at Five Points Park. Who knows kind of where that's at? Anybody? Okay, so you'll, you're going to see the address on the website. We're going to be putting that up. It's going to be June 10th, 7 to 10 p.m., we're doing an outreach. We're going to be setting up a place for worship, a place for the preaching of the gospel. Um, I know that uh, June has really been marked as a gay pride month, and we're not putting up with that. So we're going to establish a place and an altar in Sarasota. So I encourage you to come out, be a part, um, even just to come and pray on the grounds. Come and worship with us. Bring your flags, and let's just build an altar. Amen. Also, uh, we have a conference coming out that we're super excited about. Yeah. Let's go. All right, Glory and Fire Conference, August 12th through the 14th. We're going to be having Brian, John Kilpatrick, and Dutch Sheets. There we go. Amen. So we're super excited. Registration launched this Wednesday. There's already 200 people registered. So we're 25% filled. Come on. So people are getting um, on the page. They're uh, being drawn to the glory. So be praying for it. But if you're in the house, you don't get a free pass just because you come to Victory. You have to register if you want to see. So please go on the Victory FLA website. You can actually pull up the app right now, and it's on the top of your app. You can click the link there, register right now in your chair. It is $10 to get in for any age. There is going to be no child care provided, just to let you know. And then last but not least, for all parents in the room, a super cool announcement is that, do you guys know the River Church in Tampa? Anybody know? Yeah, with Rodney Howard Brown. So he's doing a kids camp, a kids conference for youth and young adults, or not young adults, sorry, youth and kids. So if you have any kids from the ages of about five to 12 and you want your kids to go, it's a free camp. So we're gonna be having victory leaders or parents be carpooling the kids up. So there's two options. You can either get your kid carpooled up there if you want that and they can come back each night so they can be home with you. Or two, um, we're thinking about getting an Airbnb there. So we need parents to kind of communicate with us what you would like if you want your kids to go. So if you are wanting to be a part, get more information, please go out to the info table in the lobby. There's a sign up sheet please sign that out fill that out for us and there's also going to be a meeting for all parents next Saturday at 5 30 in the Oasis room sorry I'm talking so quick <laughs> out of breath but yeah okay but um yeah there's going to be a meeting for all parents next Saturday 5 30 p.m in the Oasis room so if you want to know more uh, my mom's going to be there I will probably personally be there and a few other of the parents who are going to be heading this up so you can get more info and be a part but we want to put our kids in a great atmosphere of praise and worship and get them filled with the Holy Spirit amen so this is like a great place to go amen so please sign up for kids amen all right here's Ed <laughs> you didn't have to go that fast.
Our kids are going to have a tremendous, tremendous time this summer at the camp. My voice is completely gone from ministry. I remember years ago, we were at the river. Josiah and Victoria were very, very young. And um, after service, we went upstairs. We were having uh, dinner with Rodney and Adonica and some of the team. And their children's pastor came in and, and let us know that Josiah had done a wild dance, and he had done the worm clear across the front of the platform. Josiah, would you do that for us tonight, son? He's like, Dad, Dad, no. Tonight, listen, we are so privileged, first of all, that we get to come together and be family and worship the way that we do and have the freedoms that we do. Listen, I, I, I want to say this. I'm looking at all of you, and these two years have been so radical. If Restoration Fellowship would have been a church that said, no, we can't meet all of this COVID stuff, could you imagine what would have happened or how we would have been so challenged? We have been so blessed here. Never, ever take for granted the assembling of ourselves together and what happens in the midst of us. We have been a very, very blessed people right here. Amen. Can we give God praise for that? So good. And the Lord knows our next steps. He knows, he knows what he's about to do to break us out of confinement and containment into the next leg of our growth and what's about to happen. The Lord is our shepherd. He's going to lead us. He has something amazing for us. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I know it. He has something amazing for us. It's going to be supernatural. He's so good. Tonight, not only are we thankful that we get to come and minister to the Lord, but we get to minister to one another, and that's how God does it. We get to minister to one another. Tonight, our prayer team is coming now. We want to minister to you for any need that you would have, any need that you would have physically, emotionally, relationally, financially. Is that the rain coming right now? Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. With that new roof that they put on the house, it's a lot louder, too. But tonight, the Lord is not done. Everybody hear me? The Lord is not done. For any reason that you would desire prayer tonight, we want to pray with you. So, Father, we just consecrate this time in the altars, and we declare miracles and healing to flow this night. We declare it upon your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, we love you. Good night. The altars are open. We love you.